Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. All right, so here we go. It is a Flyers Daily edition for Saturday, February 5th. Still counting down the days until the Flyers return. Coming up on Wednesday when they face the Detroit Red Wings All-Star Skills Competition. Last night, All-Star Game today. It will be the seventh All-Star Game for Claude Giroux. Now, the most NHL All-Star Game appearances among active players are Patrick Kane with nine, Ovechkin with eight, Shea Weber, Steven Stamkos, and Claude Giroux with seven. I guess Shea Weber still technically is an active player. With this being Giroux's seventh All-Star game, that ties him with winger Bill Barber for the second most selections by a Flyers player. We can imagine who number one is. Yeah, it's Bobby Clark. Ten selections participated in more NHL All-Star games than any Flyer over his career. Now, here are the years that Giroux has been in the All-Star game. 2011, 2012, 2015, 2016, 2018, 2019, and now 2022. So Giroux, once again, a worthy participant in the All-Star game. Highest point-per-game average of any Flyers player. He's second in the team in points. Cam Atkinson's got 36. Giroux's got 35. Cam Atkinson has done that in 45 games. Giroux only 42. 15 goals, second on the team in goals. 20 assists, leads the team, and 35 points. Meanwhile, playing 18 minutes and 51 seconds of ice time. Three power play goals, eight power play assists, and a 13.5 shooting percentage. Remember in the early part of the year, talking about Giroux and the fact that he was leading the team in shots and really couldn't find a period of time that was a substantial period of time where he had led the Flyers in shots. That's no longer the case. Cam Atkinson now leads the Flyers in shots at 145, and second in the team is Travis Konechny at 116. Now the difference, Konechny's got eight goals, Giroux's got 15. Konechny's shooting percentage, only 6.9%. Giroux's at 13.5. Cam Atkinson, who leads the way in shots on goal, 11.7, but 17 goals on the season. All right, so NHL All-Star Game coming up today. We'll recap it tomorrow. Uh, but in this episode, we had a couple of spillover questions the other night uh, on Flyers Twitter that I just wanted to kind of attack real quick. Um, first and foremost, let's get to this one. Mike H. tweeted in, and he said, How far do the Flyers tear it down? I think everyone should be on the table minus heart. Uh, what I would ask for on that, Mike, is what does on the table mean? Are you actively shopping everyone on the roster except Hart? Or are you just not looking to trade some guys, but if you get a phone call on them, you're not slamming the phone down on the GM on the other end of the line? You know, look, I don't think they're going to tear it down to the studs and to the plumbing. I think they're going to make some changes. First and foremost, obviously by the trade deadline with some of the expiring contracts and Let's not act like they're not some big names there, because there are. I mean, when you look at a guy like Claude Giroux, that's obviously as big a name as it gets right now on the Flyers. Couple that with Rasmus Ristolainen, who was a big off-season acquisition for the Flyers. That could be another big move. And then you look at guys like Justin Braun, not as big, obviously. Martin Jones, not as big. There are some other guys. We'll see if they make some hockey trades by the deadline, but I think that's more unlikely uh, than making a, an expiring contract deal and getting back in return uh, some prospects, draft picks, maybe a young player. We shall see. But, you know, you got to look at it as in 
tear it down, what does that mean? So they're not going to change 12 players this offseason. You're not going to just get rid of guys for pennies on the dollar. You have to do what makes sense. So what makes sense? Well, I mean, I think the real big part of this equation, what makes sense, and I agree, minus heart, because if you don't have a goalie, all you're doing is looking for a goalie. It's like a quarterback in football. If you don't have the quarterback in the NFL, you're looking for the quarterback in the NFL. I feel like they have that piece in heart. And I feel like he's mentally strong enough to handle it that if they don't win next year, if they don't retool in such a quick fashion that they're right back to being a playoff team next year, that he can handle that. And look, the part about I you saying, Mike, that you think everyone should be on the table, I get it. There's very There's very few guys in sport that are untouchable. We throw that term around untouchable all the time. And I think it's baloney 98% of the time. You know, the, for the Flyers, is anybody untouchable? No, because you don't know what another team may offer. Is Joel Farabee untouchable? No. But am I looking to trade Joel Farabee? Hell no. Is Ivan Provorov untouchable? No. Am I looking to trade Provorov? In the right deal, perhaps. At, same thing with Konechny and Sanheim. Look, I know these players haven't been super consistent and have not been on a trajectory straight to the to the stars, but you don't just throw them out either. Will all three of those guys be here next year? I don't think so. Which one or two will be gone? That's a question up for debate. You got to see what, they're, what, what the market is for them, what's offered. I mean, you have to look at Konechny and Provorov as well in a different light than Sanheim in the sense that they're both on contracts that are pretty friendly. You know, so that's value to another team on the open market, and it's value to the Flyers. Sandheim's a little different. He's got one year beyond this year before he gets to unrestricted free agency. So there's some variables there as well. And John uh, Girolamo tweeted in and said, what players do you say are untouchable besides Hart? Again, John, I don't think that anybody is untouchable except... There's guys that I'm not looking to trade. And again, I would put Hart in that pseudo-untouchable category because if I don't have a goalie, I'm looking for a goalie. And we know the history of the position in this town where it's even more pronounced that if you have this good young goalie that has bounced back from a horrific season a year ago, has played really well this season despite the team in front of him not playing well, that tells you he's got the mental capacity and the mental disposition to be able to handle a, a retool or short rebuild. I think Carter Hart has the right attitude, has the right mental framework and skill set to be able to do that. So I'm not looking to trade him. All right, let's get to another question here that I was a spillover question on our Flyers Twitter a Q&A from the other night. Robert Carollo said, what if Giroux doesn't want to be moved at the deadline? Fletcher is saying that it's all in Giroux's hands, but if he decided not to waive, you may have to push a little. He also said, assuming Ristolainen doesn't want to take a pay cut, would you give him 6.2 mil times four? Well, I don't know that Ristolainen is going to take a four-year term. That doesn't make much sense for him as an unrestricted free agent. So on the wrist aligning part, 
I would shop him. I would try and recoup some assets. And if he wants to come back here next year, I try and uh, get him to sign in the offseason. But I don't not trade him just to extend him now. I try and recoup some of that. He hasn't been here long enough where I go, I got to extend him to keep him here. I like what he's brought to the table. I think he's got value, but I, I would move him at the deadline as an expiring contract. And if I liked him and I wanted to bring him back, I would bring him back in the summertime. There's no rule that says he can't come back here if he gets traded at the deadline for assets. Uh, as far as Robert's first part of his question, what if Giroux doesn't want to be moved at the deadline? Absolutely. It's his right. He's got a family. If he doesn't want to be moved at the deadline, and he may make that decision to not want to be moved at the deadline. Uh, I don't think that's going to be the case. And based on some reporting that we've all heard or read from credible sources, uh, I think that he's considering certain situations. It's not going to be, hey, I'm waiving my no-move clause. I'll go anywhere. He's got control here, and he'll probably submit some sort of short list that puts him in a situation where they can pit a couple teams up against each other. But I, I don't think you're looking at a situation where we're going to see 10 teams on that list. It could be as few as two or three. I think it's more likely to be in that four to five range, which I think is a good number. And that gives the Flyers some versatility. Uh, to, I mean, obviously, he's going to be asked about teams that want him. When Chuck Fletcher goes to him, hey, Claude, such and such team is calling, Team X, also Team Y, Team Z, Team P, Team B, where would you be willing to wave to go to? And he'll say, I pick Team P, I pick Team B, Team Z, Team X, I don't want to go to Y, blah, blah, blah. And that's the way that could play out. But, I mean, again, it's his right to not waive his no-move clause, and we may never know Did he waive if he doesn't waive his no-move clause. Did he do it because the teams that were after him were not a destination he wanted to go to for whatever reason, non-hockey-related as well, or is it that he just wanted to remain a flyer and extend? We don't know. There's a lot to play out here over the next couple of months, and you know how Giroux is when he speaks publicly. He's very coy. He's not going to give you any transparency or anything. And you can't hold it against them. I got an email or a text or a tweet earlier from a guy saying, why would Giroux say some of the things he's saying about moving at the deadline? And, you know, we won two big games before the All-Star break. Why would he say that's a loser's mentality? It's, you got to understand, athletes do not do those things publicly. If you look to athletes and general managers, executives in sport, and we're going to judge them just by what they said, then that's the wrong thing to do. You judge the athletes, you judge the general managers by what they do. What they do is honesty. What they say doesn't mean anything because GMs, players, coaches, they don't throw fellow teammates, fellow coaches. GMs don't throw players or coaches under the bus publicly you judge them how they feel about a player or a coach by their actions if a gm just trades a guy he probably didn't like him for his team 
Sometimes there's hockey deals. You like your guy, you like their guy, but you need their guy because he brings what your guy doesn't have. Not that your guy doesn't have anything, but you judge how a GM really feels about a coach. We know about the the vote of confidence for the coach in sports. It doesn't mean anything. It means nothing. Because we've seen so many times the vote of confidence lead to a dismissal three to six weeks later. That's my coach. He's my guy. Yeah, he's your guy right now. But when you have to make a decision, is he still your guy? We can't look at that as him going, he said he's the guy. He's sanctioning him doing the job that he's doing, which isn't very good. No, he's not going to. Look, he's going to say we have to be better, and he's going to put everything onto himself. He's not going to put it onto the other people publicly. Again, judge them for what they do, not what they say. What they do is truth serum. What they say is GM, coach, player speak. All right, that's going to put a wrap on this episode of Flyers Daily. Everybody, enjoy the All-Star Game today. We'll recap it and Claude Giroux's All-Star Game, seventh one, coming up on tomorrow's brand-new episode of Flyers Daily. Have a great Saturday.